We're back. Hi, everyone. It's episode five. Yeah, we just reached the halfway mark. So like we said, we'll be structuring our seasons in 10 episodes each. And this makes us halfway through our very first season. Right. Whenever we get to our new season, we will be having a lot more segments and a lot more ideas that we can implement and bring into this podcast. So I'm looking forward to it. Me too. I think we're kind of learning as we go and hopefully y'all can see that we're getting maybe better at what we're doing, what we're thinking, how we're planning. And I know earlier this week we talked about moving our release date. Yeah. So we're thinking now our episodes will now come out on Wednesday. So, yeah, we're switching our day of the week just to give us a little bit more time personally and a little more rest time physically and a little more time even mentally to you know get our minds together to even put the show together so I think it works out better for us on a Wednesday yeah just give us a good balance hopefully that works for you all and y'all will keep tuning in to us so do you want to get into top five yeah let's get into it top five no debate Top five, top five, top five. Okay, so, I mean, the clear, one of the clear stories that happened this week was the NBA Finals and the results of the Finals. Yep. Were you surprised at all? I wasn't surprised at all because everybody, I think, knew that the Lakers was going to win. You know, I will give credit to Miami Heat. I think it was kind of expected for the Lakers to win and... Not that I was rooting against them, but I guess I just wanted it to be, you know, more of a fight. I don't know. It just seemed like. I think it was. In some in some instances, yeah. In some, yeah. I mean, Jimmy Butler had a 40-point game and a 35-point game. And he leading his team in a points, rebounds, assists, steals. On top of that, I think he's averaging at least 37 minutes per game. Yeah, and that's then a he's down his starting point guard as well as his center got injured in Bam. So I think it was pretty impressive for them to even win two games and he carried them throughout that. Yeah, I can agree with that. It was an interesting way for the finals to go, especially – with the whole bubble thing, and it was just different. It just felt different. Didn't it feel different to you? A lot of people see it as, like, okay, they got an asterisk around this finals and this championship that I think is kind of probably the most challenging championship you can win, especially at the time of what's going on in this world, being away from your family for three months, being isolated. Mm-hmm. I think it's a lot, and it takes a toll on a lot of people. So it's like, you know, you still have to be there mentally and and you can easily just, you know, check out. They did pretty good as far as like corralling themselves and getting themselves energized and hyped throughout the game just to keep their team motivated to win. So I thought that was very impressive. Yeah, I think it was like they wasn't they weren't even allowing family in for like the first two or three months, which was crazy. 
I mean, not crazy for them to do just crazy amount of time to be suddenly away from your family like that. So I did see there was like some things around the finals that I thought was a little interesting. Some were interesting, some were, you know, weird, I guess. But one thing I saw was Ply suggested that the Lakers give the NBA trophy, like the finals trophy, mm-hmm. to Breonna Taylor's family. So you want my opinion on that? or? Yeah, I, would, I, I have an opinion. I'll let you, you go first, opinion? though. Well, this is kind of the first of me actually hearing this news. I don't really know what they would get out of it. Exactly. Of giving, you know, the trophy to their family. If anything, I think they just want justice. Right. I don't think really a trophy will just be like, okay, well, everything is back to normal. Um, Thank you for this trophy. This this pretty much just, you know, settled everything of all the grieving that we have done. And I don't think I don't think that's not a that's still not enough. Um even the twelve million dollar settlement is still not enough. Right. So that's just my take on it. What's your take? I just when I first saw that, I was imagining that trophy in that family's living room. Right. Like, so out of place. Mm. And I feel like there's an attachment to a material thing that would not translate over emotionally for them. Right. Like, I just didn't, I just didn't register it the same way that he did. And I thought that was just a crazy suggestion to make, like. Maybe, you know, they go do some service or something in the name of Breonna Taylor or they do some fundraising in the name of her and her family. And I don't know, maybe it's something a little bit more charitable, but or just helping them with something that's that's kind of a burden on them right now. Like, I don't know what their financial situation is like. I don't know if they like have other if she has siblings that are you know of certain ages like giving them some opportunities that's different than just giving them a trophy yeah like that trophy means something completely different to the people that just want it than regular people but i think if you just give them away get them away from you know louisville and just getting them away from that atmosphere just so they can just have something off of their mind and then just inviting them to the bubble just so they can experience a finals game or something like that versus you giving them a whole complete trophy. I just don't, I just, like you, like you said, I think a materialistic thing just does not translate over to, you know, the feelings of it. Mm -hmm. Well, we talked a little bit about the spouses and, like, the girlfriends and the kids and stuff coming a little bit later to the bubble. I did see that Dwight Howard had this live moment where, you know, I thought when when the new iOS came out, I thought the feature of, like, 
minimizing the FaceTime window so you don't necessarily have to be paused while you're looking at something else. I thought that was a great feature, but I did not consider how it may put some people in a bad position. Right. And it kind of seemed like it put Dwight Howard in a bad position just a few minutes after they won that game. Yeah. I didn't know that Dwight Howard and Tia Cooper was actually dating. Well, they about to be married. Yeah. What? The first thing I thought when I I figured that out was, like, what is the age difference, though? Like It's like a 10-year gap. She's, I think it's 23. He's like 34. That's a little weird to me. I don't, I don't necessarily think it's a, a bad thing because she's 23 and she's dating someone older and it's just like a 10 year gap. I don't think really a age gap in dating really as a thing, as long as they adults, like, Okay, there is a difference between – now, I can definitely agree with if you 18 and you dating somebody that's, like, 30 or 27. Nah, that just don't sit well with me. Yeah. But if you pass the age limit of drinking and you're 23, I don't see nothing wrong with her having her preference on, you know, a guy that's much more older I don't think it's an age gap necessarily that bothers me. I think it's just where they are in age. Like, 23 is very, very different, I imagine, from 33. But you have to look at it, too. I think their mindset is still the same because Dwight Howard played for the Los Angeles Lakers. She played for the L.A. Sparks. Sure. So they still have common interests between one another that – they may both agree upon. She might she might be looking for a marriage and he might be looking for a marriage. She might be later on the road looking for a child. He along the lines as well too. So I feel like their mental space might be, you know. I guess I shouldn't say mental space because they are they do come from like around the same circles and like yeah. a similar lifestyle. I don't think that's the issue. I just Maybe not even specifically them as a couple, but I just imagine a 23-year-old and a 33-year-old being very different maturity-wise. Like, when I was 23, I was just trying to figure out what would keep me okay for the day, like okay for the week. I was stressing myself out a lot about figuring out which paths I which paths I wanted to go on for like my career and you know they may have that they they kind of clearly have that figured out what they're doing with their career but I'm just saying I guess with every level of like stardom you have or success that you have with your career there comes different things that you may need to figure out maturity wise for yourself I'm not saying she's immature. I'm just saying she's just had a little less time to figure herself out in those ways than him. And I think when he, when you saw his messages as his FaceTime or his live window got smaller, that proved that. Yeah, but I just I I really can't take just upon 
seeing those little text messages and then just have a whole complete opinion about them. I think yeah. I think for me, I think they, they see eye to eye. I think they probably, of course, have differences just like everybody else's. I think they pretty much connected in the same way. Um, of course, they're around the same crowd. Of course, they're in a big spotlight. Of course, they've been in L.A. So I think seeing her coming from college, coming to the NBA, of course, they're going to make her move in a way of being mature. And I think she probably may have caught on to being a mature young woman early on. And being who Dwight Howard is, of course, he came in course he had his immature ways of course he been in you know the newspapers the blogs all of that stuff but when you look at it now I think it's I think it's a good look for him I think it's you know I think it's he's under the radar now than what he was last year I think as far as his career as well is he's elevated because I feel like he's actually enjoying the game a lot more. And I you know, I like to see it. I mean, I don't yeah. see nothing wrong. I think as well as just going back on the age gap, I can say if it was something like being how she is already establishing her career and she's dating somebody that's the same age as her, but maybe almost close to retiring or something, and they just have completely different life views. And you can see that it would be like a whole bunch of like question marks on every bit of aspects of their life. And you'd be like, okay, how are they, you know, completely compatible? Okay, when you say retiring, you mean like much, much older in age where... where There's 35-year-olds that's retired. I was about to say, do you think Dwight Howard is not going to retire anytime soon? Yeah, but I'm saying as far as if this person is already retired and they in a whole completely different career field as, you know, Dwight Howard is, not it don't even have to be sports related. Just off alone of being a basketball player, you come with this type of way of like popularity mm-hmm. and you feed off of that mm-hmm. I think being who he is and being everybody knows him and knowing her I think it just kind of Made connects sense. and makes sense compared to a person who's probably retiring from like Microsoft or something yeah. and they doing a completely different thing than what she's doing That makes sense. I mean, I could definitely see where the connection comes from, them being in, like, similar spaces around similar people. I'm quite sure, like, the basketball people that she's around and the basketball people that he's around are not too far apart. So I get it. Trump also said that LeBron James is a hater. He's a hater. I don't even know where that came from, but he's been commenting on a lot of different things lately. Like, apparently he survived COVID and is now just talking all of the shit. This man said he gonna wear a 
Superman cape to his next rally or something like mm-hmm. that. <laughs> and I saw a video of him, I believe, earlier today dancing at one of his rallies. Like, somebody said he looked like SpongeBob dancing. I'm just kind of just over Trump, like, the whole campaigning. I'm just over everything that uh-huh. revolves around Trump. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, it's just so draining and exhausting. And then I'm reading up on, you know, people <clears throat> trying to go vote and stuff like that. And, you know, they trying to suppress the lines. And it's just, you know, it's it's just crazy because, like, certain cities like Georgia, I think they only got, like, one voting poll. Yeah. And it's just kind of, it's kind of crazy just to, you know, see that type of thing happening. And, of course, you know, Amy Barrett mm-hmm. hearing was pretty much yesterday. So it's just a lot going on as far as just related everything just directing back to Trump or relating to Trump. I think it's like the part that's most draining for me is the entire Republican Party. Well, I won't say the entire, but majority of the Republican representatives that we see right now that are like on our TV screens just about every day or every other day. My issue with them is they talk in circles and they lie over and over and over again. And they try to get you to think that they're doing whatever they're doing for one reason or another. When in actuality, they do it for themselves. It's all for them and their best interest, and their money, Mm -hmm. and their family, or whatever their specific agenda is. They're making it seem as if they for the American people when it's completely And we know you're not. We know you're not. So, like, and I understand that, you know, some of their constituents aren't necessarily the brightest people. Like, they may not come from, you know, the best backgrounds or have the most knowledge about how, you know, certain things work in our government or even just the exposure of meeting other Americans that are not like them. Right. So I get that they can get away with some of that stuff and some people actually believe it and run with it and continue to vote with it for them. But that's the part that gets on my nerves is like, bro, do you even like you sitting up here talking and you trying to say that you that you believe that this should go this way for this reason. Mm-hmm. When every reason you put up to support that is the opposite. Right. Like, come on. They just impulsive liars. Like, like I definitely agree with everything you're saying because, like, they, it's like they, they like characters. Literally, like... They like characters. They plan these characters and plan these roles as if, like, this is who they are, but they not no realists. No, not at all. I wasn't even thinking about, like, I was as we were watching the vice president debate, I was like, yo, Mike Pence is probably one of the best actors we've ever seen. Like, imagine waking up every day and lying to yourself. Right. As soon as you wake up. But speaking on that, like, like we we should just touch basis on, you know, that debate. 
I just love how Camilla Harris pretty much handled herself throughout the whole debate. And I mean, for her to really just keep her composure, even though she was given a lot of face, mm-hmm. she was really reading the room a lot. And she was just calling him out on like all the bullshit lies that he was pretty much saying. And then on top of that, it was just more of not even answering the moderator's questions Mm -hmm. and trying to go back on certain questions that we already moved on. For me, as a voter, as a U.S. citizen, a black person, like I want to hear like your plans. Tell me your plans. Tell me your actions on what you can do to create a change. What can you do to help the black community? What can you do as far as with, you know, health insurance? All of those things that can possibly help my family out, can possibly help millions of other families out. And for you to just really just ride around all these questions just to be, you know, just to avoid them, Mm -hmm. we really know that there is no type of ethnicity in them. Yeah, my I think my biggest takeaway from that debate was I don't, if, well, I won't say... I don't know who else Joe Biden would have picked. But him picking Kamala Harris has helped him out tremendously. Yeah. Like, one thing, one of my issues with Joe Biden is, yeah, he had Trump up there to distract him and all that stuff. But even in other settings, in interviews and town halls and stuff like that, when you ask him certain questions... He doesn't always answer them. Mm-hmm. Like, he'll tell you a story. Yeah. He'll tell you, like, how he handled a situation uh, years ago. Yeah. But he doesn't really always answer the question for the here and now. And that's one of my issues with him, whereas I see that Kamala does a little bit a better job of doing that. She'll bring up where the Trump administration has fallen in those areas and then she may go back and answer like this yeah. is what this is what Joe Biden's plan is. Exactly. But but to have her there to speak on behalf of him in those ways that we sometimes maybe some people may have never heard him spoke about that specific issue is like yo, she's she's helping you a lot. She's helping a lot because if you really look back on the presidential debate it was more interrupting and name-calling than anything. Yeah. I think it was just a back and forth. So for her to come in to the vice presidential debate and actually get off the plans that her and Vice President Biden is actually going to try to implement and try to enforce, I think that helps out tremendously. Yeah, yeah. and that's that's not to say that all of their plans are, like, the best plans ever. They could right. still do a whole lot of work in a whole lot of different areas. Like, it bothers me that he's talking about giving police more money and more budget <laughs> to do more things. And I'm like, okay, cool. But, no. Like, you can say that's your plan, but that's what we're trying to get away from. Right. And you talk. He go, he also talks about community policing a lot, like having people that live and work in these communities that know the people in those communities actually policing them. Didn't they try that shit before? Look at George Zimmerman. Exactly. 
Like, and he won't even know police. He Why? was a community watchman. Exactly. And it's a lot of people that's like that. It's kind of crazy because you can get on these ring apps and they got these communities up there. Oh <laughs> and on God. these communities, on these ring apps, they just give everybody these type of alerts. Like, yo, have y'all heard these gunshots down the street or something like that? I mean, it's cool or whatnot, but no, I just don't think that's really a good idea. Yeah, I think that there's a disconnect with Joe Biden's campaign and especially black people in America about the idea of policing. Like, policing was made for us. It wasn't necessarily meant to police anybody else but us. So I think that's one of the major disconnects I have with them. And I I saw somebody on social media say, like, it's kind of like, you know, you know when you have a little kid, you know at some point they're going to get in trouble, but you have to kind of just always be mindful and be there to kind of, you know, get up in them when they really need it. And that's kind of the relationship that we're probably going to have with Joe Biden and Kamala Harris as they continue on this campaign. And hopefully when they win this presidency, because the reason that they're rushing this is for the Affordable Care Act Mm -hmm. and, you know, the whole Roe v. Wade thing, but more more urgently the Affordable Care Act because that that ruling and that conversation is coming up more sooner than later. And even the other day on the news, I heard that they've been trying to repeal this Affordable Care Act over 70 times now, and I'm like, bro, has yeah. there ever been anything that y'all have tried to repeal more in such a short period of time? Mm-hmm. I don't understand how you can... Like, sure, there may be certain things about it that could be better, but develop it. Like, why are you trying to repeal something that helps so many people? Exactly. People should not have to be worried about, like, can I even go to the doctor? Like, I done had this same headache, this same migraine for 30 days, and I can't go to the doctor because I don't know how much it's going to cost. Right. Like, come on. Be human. I don't think they can because I think they just look at the greed of money. That's what, what can they about. profit off of these people? And I mean, I shouldn't really expect nothing better from America. I mean, especially since everything about this was built off of cap- literal capitalism. I shouldn't expect much better, but somehow I always do. Yeah, it's crazy. Did you see Kanye's campaign video? Yeah, I saw it. It was kind of... (laughs) (laughs) It was kind of like a why now moment for me because it was like... I really thought he was pretty much done with it. I didn't even think he was still running. It's like he comes back at the most random times. As soon as you forget about him, there he is again. Exactly. So it's like he was just ranting about other stuff yeah at the moment. so it was like yeah i think like recently i saw him talking about you know 
having better deals for artists and fighting against these larger companies to give artists more access and money and control. And I'm like, okay, I understand that fight, but I think that maybe he thinks that some of these fights are the same fight. And I don't believe that they are like, it's really hard for me to put myself in his shoes to understand where he's coming from. So I just stop trying. Yeah. Just being a black citizen in this world right now, is kind of like we're, behind on so many years compared to the white man so and that was done intentionally exactly so they still do it intentionally exactly i saw that people were like actually writing him into their ballots their mail-in ballots and stuff and there was one specific ballot that i saw and somebody you know responded and was like well your ballot is not going to be counted anyway because you didn't fill it out correctly and that was when I first start, started seeing the mail-in process being, like, really, really promoted. I was like, you people got to be more careful. Why do people don't take this shit serious? I think a lot of people, well, I don't say a lot of people. I like to think it's not the majority of people in the world. But I think some people have a hard time with perspective. And really understanding how far things go outside of you and how your actions can reflect not only you, but your family. I mean, there's a lot of people that have kids, that have children, that are going to go on to have kids and more children and more children. I think about that a lot. Like, how are my choices now? going to affect them like how are they going to look at me and when I was this age or when they reach a certain age are they going to think about what I was doing right or what was going on with me I think about that a lot in you know retrospect for me and that's not say I hold certain things against my ancestors in that way but it's just something that you're connected with. You have you almost have to think about it to appreciate anything. Right. And so, I mean, I think a lot of people maybe struggle with perspective and understanding how shifting that can affect their lives and their outcomes. And just being sincere, like having common sense, being sincere – and another thing I think a lot of people are lacking in that regard is God. Right. Like. You really want to touch on this topic? I'm thinking. I'm thinking. But it's even if it's not the same God, like, that we're all serving or we're all thinking about or that we all, like, you know, have our relationship with, I think that it's important to have a certain level of fear of God because right. then you have to really think about the choices that you're making and what your God may think of you in that regard. There's a lot of people that's really not religious or yeah. don't have no type of religious background from their upbringing. 
And I'm not even a really religious person, but, you know, I think there's a certain understanding that you dive into it for yourself. Like, for different, there's different levels for different people. Like, you can be as invested in it as you want, but at the end of the day, I think, well, I know I fear God. Not like I'm scared of him or anything. I respect him enough to really think about the decisions I make while I'm here in this life that he gave me. Okay. That's it. Well, Halloween is coming up. Okay. I have to get Zoe. Zoe's our dog. I have to get her a costume. I want her to dress up. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I don't even think, how is trick-or-treating going to go this year with COVID? I imagine there won't be much. Uh... I think it'll be the same. You think so? Yeah, I don't think really not much going to be changed because when you go on trick-or-treating, you're really already completely distanced from other families anyway. Mm-hmm. You you just walking in a group, your family, then another family behind you, and going to all of these other houses or whatnot. But do you, you want to take do you want to take candy from other families? I don't see nothing wrong with it because if it's completely wrapped, there's nothing wrong with it. A lot of a lot of these families are gonna disinfect a lot of yeah. this candy. But I I don't necessarily see anything wrong with it. But one of my one of my favorite things about Halloween is the food shows like Halloween Baking Championship. Is yeah. that what it's called? Baking yeah. Wars, something like that. I really like the I really like the holiday versions of those shows like Christmas, Thanksgiving, Halloween. Those are some of my I'll be tuned into Food Network when when this time of year comes around. I think everybody loves this time of the year. Mm-hmm. Especially when fall hit. Like it just brings some type of like sense of calmness like a re it's like a reset button mm-hmm. it's kind of like you had your real hot girl summer <laughs> and now it's like it's time to tone down yeah so whenever you tone down you kind of like in that in that way of you know i want to spend much more of family time than anything because that's really what this particular season is all about you know, being around family, you got Christmas coming up, you got Thanksgiving coming up, you got Halloween coming up in a few weeks. So it's kind of like, you know, this is that time of just family. Yeah. And you you talking about Thanksgiving and Christmas just kind of brought on an idea for me. You know, thanks day after Thanksgiving is Black Friday where a lot of people do a lot of their shopping. They I close this year. But I imagine a lot of Black Friday would be online. Mm, yeah, probably so. But, I mean, you got Cyber Monday. That's the online shopping. That's true. So does that mean Black Friday just doesn't exist anymore? I mean, as far as they probably will because the only, you know, the only stores that's going to be closed is Walmart and Target. <laughs> I think they'll be a little bit more open. You, Of course, it'll be more. I'm pretty sure the mall may be open or certain stores like GameStop and stuff like that would be open. But 
Target, everybody used to hit Target. Them lines used to be long. Yeah. Maybe we should start highlighting some black businesses leading up to the holiday season. Yeah, I think that's a good idea. Just so we can have that out there and give everybody a little bit more options to shop from. I think that'll be good leading into the holiday season. Like, because even, even the other day we were talking about how we need some new fall candles, some fall scented candles. We about to start buying some more Christmas decorations. We talked about our Christmas budgets for each other. We already getting in that mode. But another thing, going back to Halloween, one of my favorite things about Halloween is all of the movies that get played that we don't necessarily see throughout the rest of the year. Yeah. One of my favorites is Twitches. Okay. Do you remember Twitches? Yeah, I think I do. You probably don't. I think I do. I was really, I'm more of a Christmas movies type of person. Yeah, you are. You go for Christmas. Yeah. Well, I saw earlier this week, or was it last week, that Tia and Tamara in Twitches, I think it was Tia that had to go shoot something else at a certain time or something. So Tamara had to step in for her. Or maybe it was the other way around. Either way, one of the twins wasn't there for half her scenes. So Mm -hmm. the other twin had to step in for her because she was gone for a few weeks, which I thought was... That's crazy. Right? The fact that they could even do that. If I had a twin, I would actually (laughs) do something like that. I wouldn't doubt it. Like, I would probably... What is my ideas? (laughs) Here you go. You probably had them going to certain classes for you. Yeah, it'll probably be something like that. It would probably be like go do stuff, go do like stuff if we was you back don't want to do high school or college or something like that. It would probably be like yo, let's switch classes for the day or something or something along those lines to where just to get some type of fun out of it. Yeah, I think if I had a twin, I'd still be myself. I don't think I would change very much. Mm-hmm. But I did also see that they were kind of messing around with the idea of making a new version of Twitches, but also including Chloe and Hallie, which I just think would be so cool. Like, I love Chloe and Hallie in general. I love their music. I love how they, you know, they carry themselves. styled. Yeah. yeah. I love them in Grownish. They they act very well in Grownish. I love their characters. Their characters are anything like that in this Twitches idea that they're talking about. I think it'd be good. Yeah, I think so too. I'd watch it. So do you have any Halloween movie that you actually like and look forward to watching? Well, of course, you know, like... You like scary stuff. Yeah, I mean... I mean, it's a lot of stuff that comes out. Of course, Scream comes out. Mm-hmm. Uh, Freddie and Jason, like, stuff like that. I mean, it's just... Just the typical movies. I think if I want to see it, I see it. 
but yeah, I like I like kind of like you know horror movies. I don't. That's not my favorite category of movies. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I'm cool with it. I think one. Nope, it's not coming to me. <laughs> <laughs> it's not coming to me. But Ask watch. me that question during Christmas. I was going to say. And then I would name you about five of them. I was going to say, well, watch when Christmas come around. He going to have a whole list. Yeah. That's his season. I think we should do like a, we should do like a giveaway. A giveaway or something for like Christmas. Maybe. I think that would be a good idea. And bring in more audience and stuff and, you know, get ready for season two. Or we'll probably be in season two by then. Maybe. We got a lot in store. Yeah. For season two. Like, it's a lot of work going to be put into it because we're taking a lot of stuff to the next level. Like, we just really trying to master, you know, being comfortable with talking in front of a mic mm-hmm. and multitasking at the same time. It's kind of it's kind of difficult, but at the same time, it's like you eventually get the hang of it and you have a groove with it. But, yeah, it's a work in progress. Yeah, we're learning. I think we're doing good with what we have, and we have a lot of ideas to work out. So, Right. I, I think, think it's, uh, it's crazy. Speaking about our podcast, though, because, like, two of my friends actually just reached out to me. It was like, yo, like, I'm, you know, I'm working out or I'm I'm going on a run and I'm listening to your podcast and I really enjoy it. And I'm like, I appreciate it, yo. Like, it's kind of crazy that people is actually tuning in to us Mm -hmm. like that. And, you know, it's, you know, I enjoy it. Me too. I I like when people, you know, respond to my stories and on Instagram and tell me what they think or that they listened. And, you know, my sister is going to text me every week talking about (laughs) what we talking about. I already know she going to listen, but to know that there's other people other than my sister (laughs) listening is nice to know. So we appreciate y'all. Well, we hope you guys enjoyed this episode and Hopefully next week we'll come back with some solutions to getting you guys more engaged in our episodes because we really want to hear from you. Right. And that's one of the major points that we want to touch on through our podcast from now on. So we want to hear from you guys. We'll keep you updated on the best way to get in contact with us, whether it's like a voicemail box or email address or whatever we figure out. So, We hope to hear from you soon. We'll have more details on that at the top of our next episode. Right. So we'll see y'all next week. Bye.